Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jim Rochelles. Today's episode 265, and we're going to be interviewing Bill. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great, thanks, Jim. How you doing, buddy? I'm glad to have you here. How's everything awesome. going? So you're you're up in Canada. How's everything going? Uh, yeah. Your ways? Well, yeah, things are going pretty well for me myself. I guess yeah, it's crazy times we're living in, but yeah, things are going good. Yeah. So let's get uh, let's dive in here and get started. I start the episode off the same way I do every episode. Let's start with your childhood and growing up. Okay, sounds good. So basically, like I I grew up on a, on a farm in northern Alberta, just outside of Westlock, and um, so my parents were farmers, right? We had a huge pig farm, and um, like ever since I can remember, my parents never slept in the same bed, right? So um, they'd always fight and stuff like that, and sometimes physically, which was obviously pretty hard to watch as a child, but from what I can remember, you know, I, I like I, I enjoyed my childhood. I was out, always outside playing around and stuff. But, um, you know, I was super, I was like a real mama's boy. I'll admit that right away. And um, so I was just like, just a little bit of trauma here and there. Seeing my dad had just really, really bad anger issues right at the time. And um, so yeah, there's just a bit of that. And then um, so like normal childhood, basically, just a bit of stress with seeing my parents fight and stuff all the time. And when I was 10 years old, though, that's when kind of life took a really bad turn. I was diagnosed with T-cell leukemia. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like I, my parents didn't know any better. And they were just, like, really afraid for my life, right? So, like, they sent me through, like, the Western medical route, which was, you know, just saying, like, knowing what I know now, I, I would not go that route. But so I went through, like, the regular chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and then a bone marrow transplant. And, um, like, I had, like, full body radiation. So... For anyone that doesn't know what that is, it basically it, it burns you from the inside out, right? And um, so it left a lot of damage, scarring on the inside of my body. It damaged my voice box, like a bunch of organs and stuff like that. And um, obviously, like my brain too as well, right? So um, shortly after that, I beat that. I and mean, I went through a bone marrow transplant and I started to recover my health a little bit. And like, don't get me wrong, I, I still struggle with a lot of things. Like, like you can tell my voice is different and stuff like that. And, it stunted my growth and obviously um it caused some like some premature aging and stuff like that too as well. It's it's tough, man. It's rough for like for anyone to go through, let alone a child, right? Um shortly after that, after I beat that, um, me and my mom and brother were coming home from a checkup and um my mom was super tired. She fell asleep at the wheel and basically went through a, a stop sign and we were T-boned and me and my mom were thrown from the vehicle. The vehicle landed on top of her, killing her instantly. And um, I've, I suffered like a fractured femur and um, a really bad concussion. And, you know, at the time, like, <clears throat> obviously, like I said, you know, I was super, super close to my mom. Like I was a real mama's boy. We spent, you know, I spent, you know, months at a time sometimes in the hospital going through, through cancer and, and whatnot, right? And she never left my side. So she was like a, just a huge, huge part of my life. And <clears throat> she was my best friend, right? And um, when that happened, it's, it's just really really devastated me and um it really like I say like I hate to say it but it's it's the reality like it made me it just made me really angry and and um hurt obviously do right emotional emotionally hurt damage and um I started acting out from from then on basically um once I recovered from the accident stuff and started going back to school I started like stealing my dad's cigarettes and I think I was 12 years old at the time basically and my dad made his own booze, so I was was taking that to as well, taking that to school, and that's kind of how it got started. And I just, you know, I was um, obviously when I was going through cancer and stuff in the hospital, and I guess I shouldn't say obviously some people don't know this, but 
Um, like when you're going through radiation therapy, it's it's super, super painful, right? So they give you a lot of morphine. And um, that's kind of like where I got my taste for opiates. Um, like I said, it, there's there was the three month, I was in there for three months one time. That was when I was doing my, my bone marrow transplant. And so basically I was on opiates for three months straight. And um, I was on a buzzer where I could hit the uh, hit the morphine every four minutes. And, um, you know, as a child, I was 10 years old at the time, right? So um, I really enjoyed it, right? It's it's It stopped my pain. Plus, I just liked the feeling it gave me. So I was hitting that buzzer every four minutes, right? Sometimes, like, I was hitting it basically as, as often as I could remember to hit it, right? And so um, it got to the point where I was, like, losing consciousness. And they actually had to take it away from me. And I remember... When they were taking it away from me, I started panicking and crying. And like, I didn't know it at the time. And I don't, I like, I didn't think of it at the time. But knowing what I know now, I'd say I was probably addicted, right? And um, so that's kind of like how I first got, you know, introduced to, to a narcotic of any kind. And uh, um, so, yeah, fast forward, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stealing my dad's cigarettes and taking him to school, taking his boots to school, drinking school and skipping school. And that kind of like, just like, it was um just as it does it it, it, get, it escalates right and I just noticed um basically I was really struggling my dad saw that too so he's like he wanted to move get away from you know the, the memories of my mom and and all this stuff too right and try and start fresh so <clears throat> basically we moved to where my dad's my dad's sister was on the island and um just like I said to get a fresh start and hopefully things would change for the better and um, it's just like that geographical change they talk about, right? It was definitely was not the answer. And things just continue to snowball and, and get progressively worse, right? Um, at this point, um, me and my dad, my brother, mostly like me and my brother got along a lot, but we would, there's a lot of strife between me and my dad and my, my brother and my dad, right? And um, so we were just like, you know, obviously my brother was struggling too with, with um, drinking and, and things like that and acting out and, um, again, I guess it was really stressful. My dad, he was a single parent now at this point. And, um, so he basically told me he got to the point where I was just too out of control. And he just told me like, he couldn't, he couldn't handle it anymore. So I, I had to go. And so basically I ended up moving, um, this was at 15 now. Um, so I ended up phoning up my uncle. He was living in Camelot at the time. He was my, my mom's brother and, um, we got along really well. So I basically phoned him and just told him my situation and asked him, if I could come down there and stay with him and he was more than more than happy to try and help me out and try and get me on the right track. And again, so I, I moved down there like hoping for um things to change. But um, you know, I was I was struggling with my health too, I should mention too. Like, you know, even though I was I beat the cancer and all that stuff, like I still had all the damages from the treatments. They I like really bad, you know, brain fog and obviously really bad anxiety and depression and you know, was, my my growth was started, so I was like smaller than the other guys, and um, you know, kids can be cruel, right? So it was just like, it was really hard fitting in, right? Like they noticed I was different, and then they bug me and tease me, and and um, you know, so it's it was like I say, it was tough, man, right? So I would, I would just, you know, I would drink basically, like all any alcoholic and, and drug addict tell you, it's basically that's I got that sense of ease and comfort, and it basically gave me it gave me confidence, right? And I felt like I performed better when I was, when I was drunk, because then all the anxiety and the depression and, and stuff would go away for a while, right? And then I could, it was so bad at the point, man, where I like, I my, I didn't like my voice, like my voice now is a lot better than what it used to be. But like, right after it was, um, 
like you can barely hear me like I sound like a mouse right I still sound like my my voice is still kind of really low right but back then it was horrible right so like I'd be scared to even talk to people just because of what my voice sounded like and afraid of what I was saying like it was bad man so like I said I turned into a binge drinker pretty quick I'd wake up in the morning and I'd get right to it right just to get that 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 sense of ease and comfort right away and then I would go about my day and you know I, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't get black or drunk but that that came upon pretty quickly like whenever I partied out I got black or drunk and um bad things would happen obviously right um so yeah things like your discontinuous snowball like out of control is getting into the criminal element um still a super super angry dude I felt like the world owed me something what do you um, mean by the criminal element I started um selling weed and basically selling weed and mushrooms that's kind of like and then I was just doing petty crimes right to support my habits stealing breaking into homes and stuff like that and then um so basically I continued on for about three years staying in camps with my uncle I've been working with him on and off and he'd like find me and pass out the bottom of the stairs I don't know how and I got there and like it was really bad and like I had actually had my health was so bad I was like really struggling to my weight was honestly I think I was probably 87 pounds soaking wet at the time and um so I I was obviously I was still going for checkups and stuff in in Vancouver it's about five hour trip away my uncle would take me down there and they were trying to put me on like Prozac and stuff like that which I wouldn't take but they actually put a, a feeding tube in me because um they're trying to get me to gain weight so bad because my weight was super super bad just because I wasn't taking care of myself you know I was just how could I, I was doing doing dope and, and drinking and binge drinking all the time and yeah I just wasn't taking care of myself so you were so doing heroin no I wasn't doing heroin at the time like I was what do you mean I was, what, I was what just I was just smoking weed and I'm doing oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, here yeah. and there. And then, so basically it got to the point where my uncle was like, you know, he got really scared for me, right? He's, one day he was just like, I don't want to find you, you know, dead or here you're, you know, locked up in jail. He's like, so he's like, I've tried to help you and I can't help you. So, you know, you got to go. I can't watch you destroy yourself like this. So basically I phoned up my brother. He was still on the island and um, I knew he was doing really good. He was basically doing the same thing I was doing. Like, I didn't know to what point he was doing that, but um, I phoned him up and just asked him if I could come stay with him. And basically like he was, um, he was growing and selling weed and, <clears throat> and selling some other stuff too, which I wasn't aware of at the time, but, um, he said, yeah, sure. Come on down. And he was like super, super successful. And when I got down there, he just had me stay in like one of his grow houses and he was like connected with, with organized crime and stuff. Right. So I kind of got like thrown right into that taking care of one of their houses and it was just like you know like I, I I was just super happy about the situation because that's kind of where I saw my life going and that was what I wanted to do right and um I actually got really addicted to making money which um you know helped me stay away from from drinking and stuff like that and it just gave me a lot of confidence in making because I was making a ton of money right so it gave me a lot of confidence and <clears throat> for whatever reason I stopped drinking and I just started smoking like I was a daily weed smoker right? like smoking half ounce a day so I wasn't you know, that was kind of my crutch at that point. But as things went on, like I, you know, I kind of stayed in that for a while and things kind of got rocky. Like um, the guy who he was working with and the guy who was trained, trained my brother what to do and <clears throat> doing what he was doing. He was like high, high level. And basically he was just like, like he just, he wasn't a good dude. Let's just say it that way. Right. And basically like he would just train people up and then, and then rip them off. 
So we caught, we like, I caught on to that pretty quickly. And I just kind of seemed like that was probably going to happen to me soon. So I kind of like, I went on, me and my brother did it on, went, went away and kind of did her own thing. And that's when I got isolated again. So basically, um, this guy, I ended up getting introduced to crystal meth. And um, just for sake of time, was, I started doing meth. And, you know, the first time I did meth, I'll just say, like, it was, it was the, like, the most I smoked it, right? I just took a huge, huge dragon of it or whatever. And um, it was, um, it was so powerful. It scared me, right? It really scared the bejesus of me because I was, I was scared of how good it made me feel, which is kind of weird, right? But, um, so I stayed away from it for a couple of weeks. Um, at least in my memory, it was about a couple of weeks. I don't, might've been a week, but, um, and then I like, just like, it was calling me, right? Like I was getting that itch to do it. I just took one time where I got really pissed off and I went and seen him again. And then, and, and I did a whole bunch, just like one after one after another. And then I was basically up for three days and got psychosis on the third day. And I saw SWAT teams outside that weren't even there and it got really bad. <clears throat> so like, again, it's, it scared me really bad. And I was like, you know, I stayed away from it for probably a couple of weeks at that point. Right. And, and just fight not to do it right but sure enough i went back to it again and so i kind of like got into doing math here and there and i kind of did it like i was getting scared of what was going on there and just because i didn't want to be a method right like always for whatever reason i always made fun of like drug addicts and stuff like i didn't make fun of them to the face but like it was just a running joke between me and my brother like we like we dealt with that sort of stuff but we weren't doing it right but so um for whatever reason i just started doing it I, obviously because I liked it right but um and I was addicted and I was an addict and um so basically like it's it's snowballed from there I was still doing really good like dealing and growing and stuff like that and things are progressing right I bought I bought my first place when I was 19 and and um again that's where I got like more isolated where I was just kind of stuck in this house growing and and then just my brother was moving all the stuff right but so I just got really isolated man and I just got heavy into the meth and just a bunch of other stuff I don't really need to get into, but um, that was kind of like, like I kind of got really scared of what was going on a little again, like I'm um, just losing a ton of weight and just, you know, obviously just getting into a lot of psychosis and stuff like that. That's what happens with meth. I just feared, feared losing everything, right? So I, I kind of moved away. I moved back to Calum's. I told my uncle what was going on and he like basically, he gave me, um, gave me an opportunity to just come down there get myself clean and um so basically that's what I did and I was doing really well for um it was about a month and I just felt like you know I, I can I got this I can do this and um so like I went back right and as the old story goes I just you know got right back into it again and and basically um you know I started started dealing with some stuff I shouldn't have been dealing with like stolen goods and stuff like that and just because like I was so addicted to making money you know no matter how much money I made it was never enough. So I was, you know, I was what's the story off. grid? What's that story? What'd you say? What's a story grid? As this um story grid. So I didn't say story grid, but I just said as this like as it goes, like I would just um, you know, I, I would get, you know, just move here and there, get a little bit of clean time and then come back. Gotcha. I don't I didn't yeah. And then um and then I just get right back into it again. But like I said, I was super, super addicted to making money. That was kind of like my it was an addiction right it was my thing at the time and and um I never stopped smoking weed I was always smoking like a half ounce a day right which for me it wasn't a problem like I didn't think it was a problem right even though it, it is a problem and um 
So then again, I started, you know, I, like I said, I was dealing all these others like ketamine and all these party drugs and stuff like that. And I would just do these on weekends. And then again, those would get out of control and I'd kind of bounce back and forth with different drugs. And then um, it was one day um, I was working with my brother and um, he was chalking up some stuff in front of me. And I was like, oh, what is that? And he looked like he was having a really good time laughing and stuff. And so I was like, oh, what do you got there? And uh, he's like, it's Oxycontins. And um, so I was like, oh, can I try that? And he just obviously gave me some. And, and it was just like, it reminded me basically of when I was doing morphine. Like I hadn't done opiates in all those times. I was doing all this other dope. And then once I did those Oxycontins, I basically did them for like three years straight. And then um, every day since that one time I tried them, just because I loved it so much. And that was kind of like how things went, man. And then shortly after I got into the Oxycons, I was dealing with stolen goods and I started hanging out with guys who were smoking crack and stuff. And then I started smoking crack. And then that's when life really like, it got to the point where I just could no longer do what I was doing. I couldn't even, basically I couldn't even leave my house. I was, you know, I was boring at my house, my windows, my doors. It was, it was just insane. And um, I wasn't making my mortgage anymore. I was, you know, foreclosing my property. Um, so then I started looking into like going into detox, right? Because I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't want to lose everything, right? So I found, I heard about detox. So I went to detox. I just did like a nine day thing. And basically I was like, it was basically just the one where I, I was got feeling a little bit better, right? And I phoned up my buddy who was um, basically selling me crack and he came and picked me up and I was right back at it again. And so I got to the point where I just basically, I, I lost my house. And then, um, so I went, I can't, I went to dreaming because, you know, I just, I just, I didn't want to be in that situation anymore. And I kind of wanted to get my life back on track, but, you know, I just thought, you know, I was, it was just like a learning thing for me, right? Because I just thought, you know, I'd get clean and I'd be okay. And I just go back to doing what I was doing and let be clean. Right. And it's, I found out it didn't work like that. You know what I mean? I had, I couldn't be hanging out with the same people I was hanging out with and doing the same thing I was doing. It just wouldn't work. So I, you know, I'm in and out of treatment and then I got homelessness. I was homeless for about two months. And basically at that point I wasn't, you know, I was basically just collecting money that people owed me and to support my habit. And then um, just doing like shoplifting and stuff like that. So the point I got to, right. Whereas I went from like, you know, just making thousands and thousands of dollars a day to not even being able to support my habit because I was, you know, I had a crazy habit. I mentioned this too, because when I went in, like when I went into this and I had all this money, I built up like a $900 a day habit, right? Which was like impossible to support without doing what I was doing. And once I lost all that, you know, I, I went right back into it again. And it was, like I said, it was, it was, it was brutal, man. Like I was just consumed with, with doing dope. And um, it was, you know, I'd be up for 10 days at a time sometimes in complete psychosis, not, you know, blackout, just really, really bad. And um, so this went on for like seven years in and out of treatment and detox facilities and homelessness, obviously, right? And then it was um, five years ago, basically when I was um, homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, and um, I was just really, really at a, a real, real bottom. I never, anyone that knows um, East Hastings, Vancouver, it's like, it's basically like, it's like the night of the living dead down there. It's a war zone, right? And I was ducking and dodging from like getting beat up all day, every day, and not even, like I said, sometimes I'd be up for 10 days at a time and just super, super skinny, not eating, not drinking. And 
um, suffering some health problems at the time too, obviously. And um, I was on methadone, which I never, never been on before. I never wanted to get on it, but I just couldn't, like I said, couldn't even support myself. And I, the worst thing for like a heroin addict is to be dope sick. And I just didn't want to go through that. So I got on, I got on methadone. It was kind of like, like maybe it was a saving grace, maybe it wasn't, but I think it was just a part that I hit rock bottom too, right? But anyways, these people at the methadone clinic, like this is how bad I was, Jim. They thought the people in the methadone clinic, I'd go in there just for like a daily reprieve and Hastings and they treated me like gold in there, man. Like was, these people were amazing there. But one of the guy who worked there, he was a recovered addict. And, um, you know, I'd come in there just like, just rough, like dragging my ass in there, right? I don't know how long I'd be up for on a bender. And I'd come in there for like a sandwich and get some methadone when I couldn't buy any heroin or whatever, right? It's just brutal. So I'd go in there and he, you know, he'd just talk to me and stuff and try and encourage me to go back to treatment. And, and um, basically they told my dad, like, they were telling my dad and they thought, they thought I was retarded. You know, like, like that's how bad my mental health was, right? And um, so he and my dad were talking back and forth trying to get me into treatment. And so finally he convinced me to go to detox. And then this dude actually walked me like he, he set up a time as I come in there, methadone clinic, and I actually made it in there. And um, he actually walked me down to detox. And then while I was in detox, he got me a, a, a stay in um, and um, together we can, which is in Vancouver. And um, basically, like that was the roughest I'd ever been in, in my addiction, right? Like just a, as far as my health and like just my mental health and all that, right? Like, that was a, at my wit's end, right? And um, so I thought I really wanted, you know, I did at that time, right? But um, for whatever reason, like I, I usually bounce back when I go in the treatment. I bounce back pretty good, right? Like not as quick as the other guys because of my my health issues from before. But I just wasn't getting it back, man. My energy was super super low, and I was just really really struggling with like my my mental health and stuff. And so before you know it, I was like, you know, I got a day pass, and I was out, you know, doing dope down in Hastings again, and it was brutal, man. And They said I brought some, brought some dope back one day and I was doing it in the bathroom and like fortunately enough, like I, I didn't lock the door properly and this guy busted in on me when I was doing dope right, which was super, obviously super embarrassing. I felt horrible and it was like, it was, it was rough, man. I felt really horrible for what I did to this guy because just to see someone doing that in first date treatment is pretty tough, right? Wait, so, so you, anyways, froze like, up, you froze up for a second? Where was this? Was this in rehab? Yeah, this was in rehab. I was in the bathroom doing dope gotcha. and I was like in a, yeah, I was like in like a 1.5. And one of my buddies who was I was staying with, I came back to my roommate and he came in like, it was so awkward, man. He like, I thought the door was locked and he opened the door and looked in and I looked at him and it was just like, like he pretended like he didn't see it almost, right? And it was, it was tough, man. And um, obviously he went and told the, the counselors, right? Which is, you know, obviously it's the right thing to do. And so they came and they called me in there and Basically, they said, like, we, we, we got to we ask you to go. But he's like, we because they had a bunch of other houses. It's a massive recovery center. And uh, most other places, like, they just, they just you got to hit the streets, right? They pack you, they pack you up. But this place is really good in, in this, together we can. So, in, so basically what they did was they sent me to another house, right? They gave me another opportunity. And um, from then on, I just, like, I don't know if I was at the point where I was kind of recovering a little bit. But anyways, I jumped in balls deep and I got, like, I got right into the program, you know, doing all the steps and, and, you know, helping guys. And it was really good. Like in this, in this house too, they had like, um, basically where we, you know, like they would go down on these things and we'd feed 
we'd feed the homeless and stuff and like give them blankets and make sandwiches for them. But I found that was like, it really helped me, man, because my whole life, I never felt like I had a purpose, right? And I was just such low self-esteem. So um, that really helped me feel good about myself, right? Which was what I needed. And so I did really good, man. I started like, um, like obviously really taking my recovery seriously. And I started volunteering um, at the recovery center as well. And I was like, looking into getting training and, and counseling and stuff like that. And so then I was moved on to second stage and I actually was given an opportunity to manage the second stage house. And so, you know, I was like doing the best I'd ever done. And like, it was actually like built up self-esteem, like actual true sense of self-worth I never had. Like, cause when you're a drug dealer and all that stuff, like I didn't feel good about what I was doing. Right. But whatever, like I said, I was just addicted to making money. Right. And I felt like the world owed me, which is, you know, crazy, but that's what it was. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, I was doing really well and I had like 10 months over and, um, you know, I, I get, it was like kind of snuck into me. Like I got, like I was making a bunch of money. I was, I was getting free rent and basically I was on disability and for whatever reason, like, I, I guess it was just an old habit where I just got addicted to the money again. Right. And, um, so I was doing all that. And then I basically, I picked up a job on the side, which was like, I was, um, painting at this massive girl house. Um, it was like, like a huge like greenhouses or whatever and basically um so I just started like way way overworking myself I just got to the point where I wasn't taking care of myself again that was my 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 recovery was stumbling I guess you'd say it and um I just stopped doing my my like my my meetings and and stuff like that and I was just kind of more focused on making the money again and um I started struggling my mental health and um like my physical health was struggling it never really got better like I the drugs kind of like just helped me give me energy and stuff like that, which for whatever reason, I guess once I got into treatment, I would see how bad my health actually was. But um, so basically I got, you know, I got my depression back, my anxiety was coming back, and um the thought of doing dope again came back. And um I was just really, really stressed and really fighting, fighting that urge to do dope, man, because I just knew what happened for whatever reason I was the memory was strong and and what happened last time, I was just super scared of where where I could go this next time because it seemed like every time I went out, man, things got worse and worse and worse. And, and I would do way worse things to, to support my habit, right? And um, I just, I didn't want to be homeless on Hastings again because that's where I was going. And um, so basically, I would never had this thought before. And I just, this thought came to my head, well, if you can't do it now, you've never been able to do it. You may as well just kill yourself, right? And um it just, it's scared to live in, live in the Jesus out of me, right? And um, it just dropped me to my knees and I just started crying. Like, and I cried out to God and I just, I just begged God for help. Like honestly, bawling, begging God to help me. And, um, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. And um, the very next day, like I, it was a Saturday. I'll never forget this day. It was a Saturday and I usually didn't go painting on the Saturday. I used to just take that day off. And for whatever reason, I went to work that day. <clears throat> and basically that's like, it was nearing the end of the day, and this guy, I was up in of scaffolding painting, and this guy came and asked me, like I like I knew who he was. You know, we just said hi and passing and stuff. There's a, a massive crew there, right? Like I worked on a painting crew and he worked on like a different crew. <clears throat> Sorry. And basically he asked me for a ride home from work. He said his crew left him and he needed a ride home. So I was like, Yeah, sure, man, I'll give you a ride home. Just let me finish up what I'm doing here. And so as I'm giving this guy a ride home, he's telling me the story of this guy. This holistic health and life coach, he saved his life from glycosate poisoning. It's a long story, I won't get into it, but basically 
He had um glycosate poisoning from uh, spraying Roundup on blueberries. Like his parents owned a massive blueberry farm and it was his job to spray these blueberries since he was like a little kid, right? And he was 19 years old and he so he was like a he was a personal trainer. He went pretty respectable pro rugby player for Canada. And one day he just got so sick he could barely get out of bed. His parents like sent him like to India, the States, like all over trying to figure out what was wrong with him. And um, you know, he was losing his eyesight, like things are getting really bad. He lost like 70 pounds and like you said, he was dying, right? And um, he was just um his parents went to a health convention one time and they took him with him and he ended up meeting this guy who he's telling me about. And basically, um, he told me about how this guy detoxed him and um, basically radically transformed his health in like a matter of months. And um, for whatever reason, I just had this feeling. I was like, okay, I need to talk to this guy, right? And um, I just asked him, I was like, is there a way I can contact this guy? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I can see if I call him right now. Long story short, I ended up talking to this guy. We talked for like an hour the first time. And um, he just blew me away, like on, on the things he was telling me, right? Like, even though I was a drug addict and I think it was like 17 years is when my, I first started drinking and, and, and doing weed. Right. And so even though I was like a fall down, like addict for, mo for most of my life, um, I was making tons of money and I was always looking for, to better myself. Right. But I never, I never like my health, my physical health. Right. Because for me, that was like, that was what I thought my problem was. And um, so once I heard all that, I just asked him, I was like, do you have success with drug addicts and <clears throat> sorry he basically told me he had like a 99% success rate which I was like there's no way I didn't believe it right but so but I just thought like this is this is an opportunity right this is I just felt like it's just that gut feeling right there. I'm gonna go with this I ended up hiring this guy and I'm working with him and basically he like radically transformed my life and my health in a short amount of time and basically freed me of every addiction I ever had and um you know, like this guy's a man of faith, right? And like, I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed and I'm not, you know, it's just for me, this might work, not work for other people. But basically like he introduced me to Jesus Christ, right? And one prayer and I was freed of every addiction I ever had, bro. Even like, even like I obviously as a man, masturbation, like I was a, a chronic masturbator, right? And um, everything, man, don't like I'm celibate and all that. And in, in just one prayer, bro. And um, ever since then, I haven't craved the drug, alcohol, none of that. I quit smoking, like, it's crazy. And um, so basically now, like, I just, how I give back is just, like, um, I'm working and training in holistic health. And basically, so I just reach out to people who are struggling. And, um, you know, I offer them coaching or we, we do a lot of free, um, free Zooms and stuff like that too as well. So, and then I read the Bible daily, right? That's That's kind of like how I... I keep myself centered. It sounds like you're in a good place right now. Yeah, buddy. Amazing place for sure. We have five years and seven months sober now. Good for you, man. That's a long time. Yeah. It's a very long time. Yeah. So you attribute a lot of your recovery to this holistic approach you've been taking. Yeah, most definitely for sure. Like um, like I said, like I mentioned, a lot of my struggle was, I mean, of why I did, you know, started doing drugs and stuff in the first place was obviously <clears throat> my mental health, right? But I've, what I've learned now is our mental health is, is attached to our physical health. And same with our spiritual health too, right? Because it's mind, body, and spirit, right? 
And if we're suffering in any one of those areas, it can cause problems in, in any one of those areas, which it, it does, right? And um, so once I, like, the first thing I worked on was was um, through detoxing and stuff like that, I radically changed my diet and um, what I was putting in my body, right? And also what I was feeding my mind and stuff like that, right? It's crazy, but what I had to do was um, I basically stopped hanging out with all negative people like anyone that wasn't supporting me and when what I was doing, like I kind of took a, a new path. Right. And um, so basically I had to cut out all these different people that weren't supportive of me and what I was doing and um, just focused on, on my, my health, right. My physical, mental, and spiritual health. And um, yeah, man, it was, the transformation was, was quite quickly for me. And, and it really blew my mind because like I said, I'd struggled most of my life with, all these different issues of anxiety, depression, chronic fatigue, like after the radiation and stuff, my memory was non-existent, man. Like I'd, I'd walk in and out of rooms forgetting why I went there, right? Like it was tough. Like life was a struggle, man, for such, such a long time. And it's weird, like when I did drugs and stuff, it seemed to help many different areas of my life. And I think that's why I was so, obviously the spiritual aspect too, right? That's That's a heavy thing, but for me, it was like, um, it was a crutch because I felt like they really helped me um, be functional on a day-to-day -day basis, which they did, crazy enough, right? But they took a real physical toll on, on my body, right? Yeah. So we're getting towards the end here, and we were talking before. So tell us a little bit more about your practice and what you do now. So basically now, like what I do is, um, like I'm kind of like working and training with with the guy who got me into holistic health so he's been doing his thing for over 30 some years now and um basically he, he teaches me how to, how to reverse disease so basically um it starts by like i help people detoxify themselves on the cellular molecular level that's a huge part right so we help people we teach them about diet nutrition and then hydration as well as like basically parasite you know parasite protocols and then um, just um, fixing nutritional deficiencies, right? So it's um it's a process, right? There's a lot to learn in there, but um, like we can teach people like simple basic protocols where they don't have to learn like the ins and outs and all the science behind it, right? But so basically that's what we do, man. And we we work we work with anyone, right? So right now at, at this time, I'm just like I'm basically like. I'm just, like I said, I'm, I'm just taking a bunch of different training programs and um, mostly like the the life coaching and stuff. That's kind of like, like, cause I know like the detoxing, all that stuff now, but basically when you want to get into life coaching, it's um because I was never, obviously, you know, I was a, a, a drug dealer my whole life. So there's a lot of things I have to learn about, you know, communication and, and things like that. Right. But I want to focus on helping people that went through cancer like I did as well as addicts, right? That's my main focus. Well, it sounds like you're good, doing good things and doing very well for yourself. I'm, yeah, I'm trying, man. That's my, that's, yeah, it keeps me, keeps me on the straight and narrow. Yeah. So did you have anything else you wanted to throw in before we go? Yeah, man, I would just like to say, like, as, as a positive note for people, like, no matter how far down they think they've gone, like, because, like, man, my, my soul went on for such a long time, right? Like since I was 10 years old, basically, till I got clean. It was just a super crazy struggle and a lot of hopelessness in 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 between there, right? 
And um, like, I honestly didn't think I'd know if I would ever get to the point where I was like enjoying life right, without without drugs, right? Now, once I was in the thick of doing drugs and stuff like that, I never thought like that. I was just consumed with doing dope, right? As I'm sure you understand. But um, looking back on it now, I just like to say to anyone, like, no matter how, how hopeless you feel, like there's always, there's always hope, man. You know what I mean? Don't give up. And for me, another thing too was I never wanted to ask for help. It was always so, so hard to ask for help. And um, like I, I, you know, obviously wouldn't have done it on my own, man. And it was, it was meeting these people in these pivotal moments, like <clears throat> in um in the methadone clinic there, like those people I met there, like I never felt that kind of love in a long time just because I, I isolated myself from good people. But being in there and just seeing how they treated me, they didn't know me and um, they just genuinely wanted to help me. That was huge, right? And that was a, a stepping stone to um me getting well, right? Just seeing people really genuinely cared. And um, so, yeah, just like, don't be afraid to ask for help. We all need help, right? It's, and we can't do this on our own, obviously, or we would have done it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything else you want to throw in before we go? Yeah, or no, that, you're good to go. Just me. You know, yeah, thanks, buddy. Check out our website. It's on elitedynamiclife.com or just check me out on Facebook, William Kem, and um, just see what we're doing because we're doing some pretty amazing things as far as like teaching people how to heal themselves with sickness and disease. So, yeah, Thank thanks you. a lot for having me, Jim. It was a pleasure. No, you did great today. You told a great story, and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Without people like you, I couldn't do it. Thanks, Jim. All right, sit tight for a minute. And for everybody watching and listening, if you like what you saw and heard, go below and give us a like. Also, subscribe to see when we upload new videos. You can also check us out on all social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, TikTok. You name it, we're on it. Um, I also suggest checking out our website, which is www.addicts-anonymous.com. There's plenty of free resources as well as free literature. Also, Addicts Anonymous has a book out right now available on Amazon and Kindle called Addicts Anonymous, Our Stories. It's a collection of different topics I wrote about, as well as a collection of people's stories from their personal experience with drugs and alcohol, uh, any type of addiction for that matter. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed today. I hope you could check out the book and hopefully we can catch you next time.